Thanks for listening to a Jaguars United podcast. You may think we sound familiar. We are formerly another Jags podcast. And um, as we're getting back on the podcast grind, we did want to remind you about where you can find us now. You can find us now on Twitter at Jaguars underscore United. You can find us on Instagram at Jaguars United underscore. And really where we're popping off the most is on YouTube. So just YouTube, check it out, Jaguars United. We're doing film breakdowns. We're putting parts of our podcast up there. Um, check it out. That's where you want to go. Tonight, I am super excited because I am joined with one of my good buddies, one of the football savants, Mike. And Mike, how's it going? Those are big words, my brother. Mike is very controversial. We've, he's been on the show a bunch of times. Um, those of you that have listened to us know who Mike is. Very controversial. Um, in the YouTube comments, he gets a lot of hey, hate for various reasons. Hey, I've been there sweating to the games just with you, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so They can't say the same. Um, I think that's one of my favorite parts about having Mike on is, uh, is that. So let's jump right into it, Mike. Um, we've been on this theme of talking about strengths and weaknesses of this team. We've kind of made our points. We've gone back and forth with some different people, and they've given us what they think. Tell me, what is the strength of this team right now? The strength of this team, I would have to say the defensive line. Even though PFF just came out with an article and rated it the 23rd best defensive line in the league. And I know people are like, the whatever about PFF. Yeah, so, but uh, they, they, that was their article. It came out, I think, today I, or yesterday. I am a PFF fan. So. You are. And, and as someone who, and we both, you and me both, gets a lot of flack for yep. citing PFF. And our boys came out, and they just put us super low. Blast. Put us on blast. Do you so, think that had anything to do with Yannick not? Well, they've always, they've always rated Yannick pretty low anyways because of the run defense, so. I mean, 2017, he was rated high. Yeah. No doubt about and that. And they said that, that, they has, that he has not been elite since that year. And he so. hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't. So, back up your claim. Strongest unit, why? Josh Allen, 10 sacks as a rookie, uh, played 60% of the snaps. Uh, what were they complaining about in the in this article? I think it was like 48 pass ru- or p- pressures on, like 300 pass rush attempts. Yeah, so. He is an all-pro in the making. You have other fantastic... Yannick's awesome. Chazon's going to be good. Um, but even when you get to like the nose tackles, I think this might be the best nose tackles we've had in years. Al Woods um, getting older and coming off of suspension, but Stout, you bring in the third-round draft pick from Ohio State. Ohio State is just churning out pro prospects right now. Former four-star... I think he's going to be really good. I, th- I mean, and it just has to speak to the lack of talent on the rest of the roster. I mean, I think you make a an argument for maybe linebackers with Schobert coming over. Miles Jack's always had talent. Perriman, there's good depth. I mean, it that also speaks to like a lack of talent on the rest of the team. So there's two things that you brought about the defensive line that you just have to address right off the bat. The first one is Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, there's I mean, there's no guarantee that he will play as of now. He's on the team. So you got to count him. And sure. I think that he will play. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, a lot I think of money, 19 million dollars not to play. If you so. th- and, and, it, and the most interesting fact and thing that stands out to me is Yannick Ngakwe can make in the first five games of this year more than he's made his entire career in the NFL. But I mean, that is a horrible way to 
just because you've been lowballed the last few years, does it make it right to be lowballed? I mean, not lowballed, that he's he's making good money. But my point is, just because he's making more money than he has in his lifetime is not an incentive for him to. But should it be? Because if he sits out the year, I mean, in theory, yes. If it was up to us, he would have been signed last summer. And Tom, unfortunately, Tom Coughlin has really screwed the pooch a, a few times. So I think a few, I mean, if it was up to me, he would have been signed two years ago. So, yeah, I, mean, I think you're right. And so I think Jaylen, now we're so with Al Robinson. So, yeah, well, it's really unfortunate, man. I think we're paying for that now. The second thing that I want to bring up is you talk about Josh Allen and I am a huge Josh Allen fan. But the thing that stands up, out about Josh Allen was his like snap count last year. Yeah, and, and how I is mean, that a negative, though? It's not a negative, but you have to be willing to project and make that step saying that when he now becomes a full-time starter, his stats well, will also worth, increase. Yeah, I mean, that's and, fine. And, and that's fair to and do. And stat increase is not even a measurement of a better player. Um, I think there was a few things. T- the entire team could have tackled better last year. I think we could be better in run support. And just because he gets... More, I mean, I mean, just an increase of stats doesn't make him a better player. You know what I mean? As no, but uh, yeah, but you would expect him if he played every down next season that he would have an increase in stats. Is all I'm saying. I mean, ten sacks. I mean, that's, is, I mean, that's, that's a good point. A, that's, besides Calais Campbell, that's a that's, that's a, a Jaguars record, man. I mean, okay, so let's say uh, let's say let's say for example he plays. What about Tigers for a loss or? Yeah, let's say he plays nine hundred snaps next year. Nine hundred snaps is a lot. Okay, that's a lot for a defensive end. If he gets ten and a half sacks, are you still okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like he's already we went done. We went, we went how many years without a ten? A yeah, ten years without exactly. A, yeah, so I mean, you would like to see a little more production. What makes me excited about Josh Allen is his ability to play against the run. I know the team was terrible yeah, against the sure. run, but when he was in the game, he was doing well. And it's hard to get pressures when your team can't stop the run. Yeah. So to comparing Josh Allen's pressures to a guy like TJ Watts pressures is not fair because they're played on two completely different de- defenses yeah. and the and different, different scenarios. They, Absolutely. I think they might have the, them and the, the, the Ravens have the highest blitz. Um, pressure in the league so it's just different schemes for sure so so i just want to hit on this quickly you talked about the strength also being the linebackers and before we get the, to the weaknesses uh, i want to hear what your thought process is behind putting the linebackers up there with the strength of the team well i think just being healthy this year so i think they were pretty blindsided by Telvin coming in or retiring last year um kind of a forced pick but you can even say there was coughlin or um caldwell i've heard caldwell might be the later pick guy so um, you pick a, a a project in Williams, forced in there. You have injuries. I mean, I don't think any. I I think I saw a stat that no team played more snaps to injured players than the Jaguars. Yeah, we street players after street players after street players. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So yeah, I was looking at the snap count last year for the Jaguars, and you look at guys like like five hundred snaps or something, something ridiculous. Austin Kalitra yeah. taking five hundred snaps. Najee Good taking Preston Brown, my steps. gosh, at the end. Preston, Quint, uh, Quint, Quincy Williams. Yeah. Um, who was the other guy? Jake Ryan never even played a Jake snap. Jake Ryan never played at all. Um, Alexander. Payne, so many players. Uh, yeah, I mean, Payne. Yeah, exactly. It was so bad, man. It was a turnstile at linebacker and... And no good, nothing you're right. good whatsoever. No, no consistency. And I think, I think putting Miles Jack out to the, out to the outside where he can kind of cover the slot guys and he can kind of play in space and Schobert... Um, I mean, that's a pretty good 
tandem, especially against the yeah. pass. Um, I wonder if this team will still struggle against the run. And do you think that they did enough at linebacker to supplement a defense that I think was 28th against the run? I don't, I don't think run? it was the run. I don't think it was the linebackers that was the run problem, but I think it was a lack of Yon. I mean, I know Cleus was one of the highest graded run uh, defenders in the NFL, but Yannick, uh, Marcel Darius being out. Yeah, and, and that hurts, but typically your linebackers are the guys who the responsibility falls to and stopping the run. that's true as well, and that is absolutely true, but I think you add Al Woods. You I mean, bring, I think Miles You Jack, bring in a Cassius Mar- uh, Marsh, you bring in a uh, Chazon playing left outside lab. I think just having healthy talent across the board will make a huge, huge difference. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a turnstile at defense. I do like the Schobert addition. Do you like him at the price point they got him? Do you like him at that $50 million? What was it? It, it was, it was it a fat contract. I, well, it did happen after COVID, but the second wave of COVID, when we just learned that we could lose maybe $60 million, and like, that's definitely unfortunate. But um, before that, I mean, we know the salary cap's not a big deal, but with COVID, that's a lot of money. You're paying him and Jack $20 plus million a year. And I mean, the salary cap, they're saying they're talking about it going down to 133 million. So that's a big percentage just to linebackers. So, and Schobert's run defense is grade good wasn't amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you look at Miles Jack, who had a 33 yeah. run defense grade. Now, last I think that was year. just his PFF grade. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was not good. And so if teams, because toward the end of the season, you saw teams were like, we're just going to run it on these guys. Yeah. And understandably with the injuries and all that, if the teams come out week one, and they try to run the ball on the Jags, like, are they going to be able to? Maybe. I think Al Woods is going to be a huge contribution. Um, and being Campbell's, Campbell's gone. Campbell is gone. He I was mean, very good, for sure. That's a big deal. Yannick and Overall, Gakwe. just being healthy, though, I think. I think um, but also not having a, tr- uh, a rural like, training camp and all that. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that'll definitely hurt a lot. Well, I think those are two... But, um, What's crazy, though, is Miles Jack, um, I've seen this stat a few times, during the 2017, or I guess you can count the 2018 postseason, besides Aaron Donald, he Miles Jack was the highest grade defender in the postseason, and since then, I mean, yeah. we thought he was on like the cusp of like superstardom, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's yeah. interesting to see. I mean, there's no doubt having a good defense around you helps, but there's also... The slumps that happen in your career, so it, it, I you, think it'll be an interesting year. Did you see AJ Bouye's um, article? I think it was like a few weeks ago. NBC Sports talking about yeah. Miss. Yeah, I mean, how much is being like Todd Wash and his system going to like affecting Miles Jack? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I bought into what he was saying too much. I've heard it uh, since. Yeah, but you're right. Ramsey's you're right. A lot of people talk about it. That's true. Talked about Wash being gone. And when there's smoke, there's fire. And if, if it's going to be like that, then... Like, how do you go from... I mean, I know grades mean nothing, but the second highest graded defender to a 33 two years later. Like, yeah. uh, it really is crazy for that's sure. That's true. Well, he did change positions. I guess, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Alright, well, we're going to take a quick break there, and then I want to get into... Mike, what you think the weaknesses of the team are. And I think this will be interesting conversation because I've already had one debate with a Jags YouTuber about this position. And uh, not that I'm into getting debates, but I just was kind of interested to see what other people's perspectives are. So I may be surprised in yours. So hang tight. 
um, support these ads, support these sponsors, and then we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to uh, Jaguars United podcast. Um, we're just sitting here talking about how much we love Chris Thompson during the break. And uh, Tyler Eifert. And Tyler Eifert. Well, hopefully we'll get to that here soon. Um, if you haven't followed us yet on Twitter, we're at Jaguars underscore United. Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube. Uh, we have most of our podcasts, little clips on YouTube, but we do like video breakdowns, stuff like that. Check out our YouTube. It's Jaguars United. Last time I checked, we were at 904 followers. So that's what's up. Um, you can also check out my personal Twitter. I'm at jtrent904, and I'm joined here tonight with one of my good boys, Mike. And Mike, where can they find your poppin' Twitter account? It is not popping. Don't worry, don't worry about it. It's Man. pretty bad. Well, I guess you got to upgrade your quality of tweets, yeah, I guess. Got banned, unfortunately. So we're talking about strengths and weaknesses. We kind of already talked about the strengths. I just wanted to spend a couple minutes here with Mike, uh, the football savant, about the weaknesses of this team. We were having a little side conversation during the break, so maybe it'll spill over to here. Maybe it won't. There's no telling. But, uh, Mike, give us your unit, your group on the team that you consider to be like the weakness going into 2020. The weakness. Maybe weakness is a bad word. How about needs the most improvement of any of the units? I think there's quite a few. You can make an argument for quarterback. I think running back's pretty settled. Offensive line, you could use it. Receiver, tied in, cornerbacks, and safety. But honestly, I think the, <laughs> that's, that's all of them. Yeah, it's a lot. That's <laughs> pretty much the whole team. But honestly, the biggest weakness of the team cornerback's going to be raw. I think that's going to be raw. I think, can, can you say defensive backs? Does that count? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. like what we have in like 2021. Draw I mean, it's hard to say, man. I mean, I like what we have in this unit, but not for next year. Like Exactly. Like CJ Henderson's going to be good. Like I like he's Hayden. Get picked I, on. I like Henderson. I don't think Hayden's on this team long-term. I think Josiah no, his, Scott. Well, his takes, contract's done yeah, after this year. Yeah. So. so I think Josiah Scott moves into and that nickel role. Yeah. Okay. And, but Hayden's been good. I mean, the highest graded defensive player on the in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, what about Ronnie Harrison? He seems to be a guy that people are kind of on the fence about right now. I th- I think him and Gerard are at the point where they're serviceable. Don't lose games, but are they difference makers? They're not. Tashawn Gibson out there. They're not. And I know he was old, but Church, even though he made an impact, but I mean, Church lost his job to Ronnie Harrison. Like, I know. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. In his prime, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and I do like Ronnie Harrison. But they're still I th- young. I think, I think Ronnie needs to take the next level. I mean, Ronnie Harrison's still like twenty three, dude. And it's his last year of the contract. Do you think he sees in? I think he has two years left on his contract. No, no, this is his third year, and he's a. So he gets a next year, this year and next year. Okay, so you're right. Yeah, so okay. I mean, he gets two Sorry. years to prove his worth, and I think he will. The, the things that were the knock on him coming out of college. Are things he steadily improved on, okay. like wrapping up and, and tackling. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's a difference maker. Solid, but not a difference maker. I think this is the issue the Jaguars have at safety specifically. Is Gerard Wilson and Ronnie Harrison are kind of the same player, but Gerard Wilson's a exactly. tad better. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think, think he I is. Think Ronnie's better than Gerard. I think Ronnie will be better eventually, but Gerard. Wilson right now is actually a better player. I mean, he led the team in tackles last year. He, I, he played all 16 games. I tweeted he, this. I Could you see Gerard losing his job to, uh, I said it to either the um, Georgia undrafted free agent, who was an All-American two, the last two years, or who did we draft? Who was the other one? The one from Texas? Who was it? Or Auburn? 
Ben Davis, is that yeah. what his name is? Uh, yeah, not Ben Davis, but the Auburn. Carl Davis, I can't remember his name it is. But um, I could, I mean, the guy from Georgia, multiple-time All-American, and I think I think Gerard is very uh, solid, but I mean... Gerard Wilson graded out really good last year. Yeah, he okay. led the team in tackles. He played in every single game. He okay. never I mean, he can play both box safety and free safety. And that was just a hot take. And hey, I could just say I could see. And they gave him an extension. Job. They gave him an extension like like a year ago. It was last training camp. They gave yeah. him like a three year nine million. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of money for a guy. I mean, you don't pay a backup nine well, that's, million dollars. That's my hot take for this for this year that I think maybe maybe uh, okay, so maybe he loses the his Georgia job. or maybe the Auburn guy, maybe. I mean that's I mean Ronnie Harrison is a guy who has more to prove to me than Gerard Wilson because, okay. and, and that's just, you know, my take now. And if they did find a gym in him, which they might have, he's still, I mean, he's still young. I think he's the oldest guy in the group at like 25 and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's just an well, incredibly the, young in the safety department and, and corners. The no, corners, corner Hayden's like 31. Oh yeah. I'm not counting Hayden. I'm talking Herndon, Wilson, okay. raw Harrison gotcha. and, uh, Whoever we was talking about. Yeah, I got you. Yes. Even Hernan. I think so I'm, I th- I might say the weakest group is corner because Hernan's serviceable maybe as like a third. But yeah, compared to where we were from going from the top one to cornerback might be up there. Yeah, I mean, it's so cornerback. You also said you touched on the position of tight end. <coughs> tight end is interesting because I feel like a lot of people are OK with O'Shaughnessy. And I feel like I was coming off an injury. Our number two coming off an injury who caught like three passes last year. And Eifert, who I do like Eifert, and I do think he's a sneaky addition, also an injury concern. So, I mean, it's not But a, not last year. I mean, no. last year he had played in all 16 I mean, games. I mean, so, he's, a red so zone he's played threat. 20 out of the last 50 games. I mean, it's I know he played last. I mean, I'm not counting him in for every game this season is what my point is. So, can you really count a guy that was injured in the rookie who was the third string? Who was the third person you said? I'm sorry. It's, it's, um, who's our third string tight end? Josh Oliver or? It's Oliver. I or Shaughnessy. And Shaughnessy. Yeah. So an ACL injury week five, uh, a, an injured rookie and a, a veteran that's, I, I mean, that's, I mean, is that really a group that inspires confidence? Well, I think that what, ins- what kind of makes you think differently about it is that what, as, Eifert was moved from the end line tight end to the slot receiver wide tight but end. But hasn't he always been that though? He wasn't played that way in Cincinnati. It was just recently when he became tight end two behind CJ Uzuma that he lined up in the slot and he just basically became a receiver. But right. you, so Jay Gruden was already his, and I'm I, and I do like Jay Gruden. So Jay Gruden, who is always his, who was his offense carrier, do you think he's going to play him different this time as a? Yes, because I think that. Eifert's skill set as he's aged has morphed more into a receiving red zone threat tight end than it was a do-it-all like O'Shaughnessy who can block and play in the pass game and things like that. Okay, so that's fair, but is he a... So our top three are Chark, Westbrook, Conley. Does that warrant snaps over a Keelan Cole? I think that warrants snaps over a Westbrook. Depending an on the aging, situation. An aging tight end with no moves. I think if you're block. in I think if you're in a short yardage situation where you can get pick up a first down on a short pass, I think if you're in a red zone situation, or if I think you're in a situation where you run two tight ends, where okay. you want to run James O'Shaughnessy 
and Tyler Eifert. And I think that will account for about 600 snaps, which okay. is exactly what he played last year. Okay. So I think they're going to use him exactly the same way Cincinnati did, which, by the way, added a lot to the offense. Um, and couple him with James O'Shaughnessy. And I think that does upgrade the wide receiver unit. Okay. And this leads us to the last group I want to talk about before we wrap this up is the wide receiver unit. You mentioned that they're in your weakness category. I agree with you. And in my opinion, I think the wide receivers are the weakest position on the team. Mm. I think the quarterback room might be up there. If you didn't check out our last podcast and we have a video with, I talked to the troop talk. We talked about the receivers extensively. Um, I posed the question to him and and I'll pose it to you. Assuming wide receiver one is DJ Chark and assuming wide receiver three is LaVisca Chenault Jr. Just based out is of he though? just based out of where he's gonna line up as far as the slot, backfield, things like that. You think he gets time over DD? My question is is who is the next receiver? Who's the receiver that's not Chenault and not Chark? Who's number three? Who's number two? Who's that next guy? I don't think LaVisca will be our three or four. I think by middle of the year he'll I be think three. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. So who's maybe. two? I think it's going to be Chark, D.D. Conley in that order. Are you comfortable with the D.D. Conley combo? I think they're okay. And where would you put them on the scale of 1 to 32 in your own brain as far as top, as far as receivers where they rank in the league? I think they're okay. I've got, I've seen reports of D.D. getting a, a four-year, $40 million contract from teams, so I think he's an okay player. Have we utilized him well? I mean, not really. I think Jay Gruden might do a pretty good job. Like the Jameson Crowder, the... Um, I mean, he was good with Terrell Pryor. He was good with Jordan Reed. He was good with yeah. Vernon Davis. Yeah. I try to compare guys that play that style, and you look at guys that gets Chark, Eifert, and that's I it. I think LaVis is going to have a huge, especially with no training camp. Like, look what... Who do you think was a better talent coming out, Chark or LaVisca? Delvisca, absolutely. Okay, and combine that with no rookie training camp, no rookie acclimating, no, there's nothing. It's all Zoom. So that's I think Lavisca will be a good receiver, but with this weird offseason, it's definitely going to be Chark in, in any order, at Conley or Westbrook, depending how the team looks at him. See, I, I'm not comfortable with Westbrook after the performance he had last year, and not so much that he's. It's just that he couldn't get open. Well, and that's I don't, true. And I don't care like how good your hands are. I don't care how good your, I don't care whatever speed. Gardner was really inaccurate in the they in the ten to fifteen yard mark. He was the least inaccurate. He was the most inaccurate quarterback in the NFL. So maybe that hurts guys like that. Yeah. So does that project well for him next year? Probably not. Another year with Gardner. I mean, it's it's. The it's COVID clear is, the COVID is real PO. It's a pain in the butt, honestly. It's a it's clear that Gardner and Chark have a connection. They definitely do. In what and what? So does him and Conley. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, especially underneath on the slant routes. Yeah. That's where Conley makes his money. The thing that raised my eyebrows was that Nick Foles tried to force feed Chris Conley a bit. Did you notice that? Like when he was well, in, yeah. he loved going to Conley underneath, and, and the connection. Just didn't work out. Even the games when Foles came back, then yeah. you know the game and a half, he, you could tell he was prioritizing Conley and Westbrook underneath. Couldn't get the ball moving, but as soon as he Minshew sucks. came in and threw deep balls to Chark, Chark yeah. would make a play on the ball. Yep. So, I'm just worried that Chark is all we have. Yeah. 
And even at points last year, he was started to get bracketed, double teamed. Did not play well. He disappeared at times, for sure. I think there's given a lot of the ownership a lot to think about. And um, I think this year will be some growing pains with the team. Um, I don't think there will be a real strength anywhere unless Minshew balls out, which we all hope happens, but we're cautiously optimistic. Um, I, I per, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it a bunch. I'll just throw out there real quick. I think the running back position is going to be strong with Fournette and Chris Thompson. Yeah. They, but with, and you've, you've heard it, Jay Gruden does not like to use the running back at all. Does that worry you? I mean, he, he likes to use Chris Thompson. I mean, he, he has true. a lot. I mean, he's proven track record using Chris Thompson a in the lot. Red, in the red zone, though. Yeah, he and does think, not. Well, and he's, I mean, he had some good backs. I mean, he had Adrian Peterson. Yeah. He had some good backs that he played with. I'm not worried about that. I think the running backs will get their due. And it'll be split between Fournette and They're going to give Fournette like 500 carries. He's not getting another contract. They're definitely going to ride him to the Look, ground. Gr- sure. Gruden likes to run the ball, man. People don't realize that, but he does. Um, also, special teams, obviously, huge strength for this team. Yeah, Lambeau, Cook, excellent players. Yeah. Jags always seem to have good special teams players. It's interesting because we can't get other things right, but we can get that. So, All right, I think it's going to wrap it up for us. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Mike, man, I appreciate you being here tonight. Man, this was a good time. Can't wait to do it again. We always try to plan these podcasts and then – Things get in the way sometimes, but that's how life is sometimes. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening so much. Make sure to follow us, all the social media. We already gave you all that. You can check out the website, jagsunited.com. If you like to read and you want to read some articles, some people are into that. I know Mike is a reader more than a video watcher, so he may be interested in those articles as well. Um, thank you for the support. Give, make sure to follow our YouTube, all that stuff, and stay tuned for more episodes. Mike Jags. Go Jags. As always, go Jags.